welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes, and I'm so happy you're with us today. What first convinced me 50 years ago that we easily survive our deaths was some really excellent communications from the dead that were received through physical and deep trance mediums at the end of the 19th and in the first two or three decades of the 20th century. And there were some excellent books written by observers who were there and were taking notes. And those books were available in bookstores, used bookstores, of course, in around the end of the 60s and into the 70s, probably through much of the 70s before you couldn't find them anymore. And I was looking at the time, I was just out of college, I was trying to understand what's really going on. So I found those books and I devoured them in libraries, in bookstores, wherever I could find them. I spent two years reading these accounts received through physical and deep trance mediums in the last decade or two of the 19th and the first part of the 20th century. And at the end of that time, I closed the last one I had in my hands and I said, that's it. I know it's real because it was everybody. There were no outliers. Everybody in all of those accounts that were received at the end of the 19th, early 20th century in Southern England and in the Eastern United States, it, they all were in the same place. I say in the fun of dying, it was like reading a lot of accounts by people who have been to some obscure place like Fiji. Um, they all had different experiences, but they all clearly were in the same place. I mean, there were no purple people. There were no people, you know, just uh, uh, who knows? It just, it, all kinds of things could have been different, but they were identical. And that was when I knew that the afterlife is real. That's impossible to have been the case with all those accounts if it isn't real. So those mediums, those physical mediums, deep trance mediums, all of those mediums did, they did us a tremendous service and um, there are very few left. So as we know, of course, our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, is going to do whatever he can to help us understand what's going on. So he started out, oh, it must be more than 10 years ago, to develop a new class, a new group of young deep trance mediums and physical mediums. Craig Hogan's young physical medium is a wonderful, wonderful and very patient with me young man uh, named Rob Blackburn. He's a teacher by day and by night he's working and has been working for years to develop in himself gifts that are going to help bring the truth of human survival to all the world. This is a, a an extraordinarily not just gifted, but selfless young man. And he's a, a close friend of, of Craig's. I've been hearing about um, Rob's development over all of this time. And uh, we've had him actually as a guest twice, but um, it's time to have him back again. So he's with us today. Rob, welcome. I am so, so sorry that um, I seem to get everything wrong this evening. We're just between inside story. Um, for various reasons, we're doing this recording in the evening and I turn into a pumpkin by about six o'clock at night. So we've been joking about the fact that I don't seem able to do it anymore today. But we'll get through this. We are, we are good friends and we will get through this. So Rob, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on, and it's really an honor to be on here again. 
as a, a repeated visitor. And um, I'm just, I'm excited to talk about what's going on with the circle. I'm excited about it too. Now you've changed the name of the circle and we're going to talk just for everyone listening. We talk a lot about physical mediumship because it is so valuable. And many of you have questions about it. I get questions about it. So we're going to talk about the mechanics of it more today than we really ever have before. And, and Rob is a perfect expert to give us that information. So um, now you, you used to call it the Sunday home circle. What do you call it now? Well, um, so the team, which is the group of people that we are working with on the other side, they're made up of, now people have to suspend their disbelief if they're new to this conversation, yes. new to this. Yeah, but we are, we, we have come to understand that we're working with uh, not only humans that once lived human lives on earth, but also beings uh, that we would, I suppose, consider aliens. So beings, trans-dimensional beings, beings that were never human at all. They existed on some other plane of reality. What reality? I'm not exactly sure, but they are working with our team. So the team has called themselves the Masters of Light. So we are the Masters of Light Circle. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a kind of a, uh, I know a presumptive sort of name, right? Masters of Light. But it's, it's something they call themselves. And, um, and, and, and recently, too, uh, they, we went through a process of um, being indoctrinated into their group. So we, too, uh, our, our, our group members, all six of us, are members of this team. Not only are we sitters uh, and participants, but we are actually members of the Masters of Light. So like they are on their side, so are we here. Oh, my goodness. This is so amazing. But you've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been, been sitting? And you sit, you know, every week, right? That's right. Yeah. So we've been the circle, Craig's circle. He originally formed it back in 2007. And it was an experimental circle then. It's an experimental circle now. Um, and I've, I've been the only member to, to remain since 2007. It's taken on many different incarnations, uh, but it has evolved in the last six years or seven years into a very vibrant um, circle full of activity, um, full of uh, what you know people might call supernatural fun. You know, yes. I mean, it, it is, and it's really not supernatural. It's you know, it's it's the team working with us um, uh, to to uh, manifest all manner of phenomena in our circle. So we we've been doing it for for a, so, well, you know, again since two thousand seven, but it's only in the last six years uh, that it's been um, really what it is now, uh, and that is. A, a very a connected, we're connected to the team. They communicate with us. Um, we, we have gone through a, um, a lot of progress in the last six years um, and moved through a lot of the hoops they wanted us to move through to develop. Now, this is, I think, something hard for us when we're, you know, uh, here living in time to even imagine. But uh, I recall when Craig started this and he told me it would probably be close to 10 years before they would, and this is everybody sitting once a week in the dark, singing songs, trying to raise the energy of that room and having nothing happen. And then the next week we come back, we do the same thing. And they did that for like six or seven years before anything happened. And that's right. And I think it's just phenomenal that you were so patient, but he always knew it would work. 
if, if, if you all were patient and you all did what you were supposed to do, it would work. And, and so th- just, just giving everybody the sense of what is, what is this circle? Well, people literally sit around a room that is dark and um, they raise, they're raising the vibration. Everybody's having a good time singing songs. And apparently the spirits like some songs better than others. Um, and and they, they react to them well. And then what happened? Was the first thing that happened table tipping? Well, so it's interesting. The, um, so <clears throat> Craig likes to, likes to think, um, you know, he looks in, in terms of big phenomena, big, big phenomena, big movement, apports, ap- you know, um, uh, you know tr- deep trance, that kind of thing. Those are the big things, um, or physical mediumship, that kind of thing. Uh, but there were a lot of little things that, that occurred throughout those early years, too. Um, and a lot of different experimentation that took place that sort of minor phenomena. And that minor phenomena is very, very encouraging. So uh, <clears throat> we, we did experience, um, you know, lights and water dripping. And we experienced um, uh, energetic kinds of things that happened in the room, feelings that people had in the room, um, touching Things like that. And, uh, in, in, you know, all that is really minor phenomena, voices, even um, technology that was sort of manipulated from the other side. All those are that sort of minor phenomena. But like like you said, like I said before, only in the last, you know, I don't know, six or so years have we been uh, getting uh, much more robust phenomena. And that does take consistency. It takes that year after year, you know, and many nights where nothing happened at all, but just being open and, you know, singing. And the thing about the music, too, um, that's really important. The team has let us know that the music is very important for the functional, energetic quality of the room. Like, if you change the music now, if we change the music now, uh, it would it would uh, cause a problem with the the way that the energy is working in the room. Everybody in the room is interconnected with each other. I'm in the cabinet, which we can, you know, talk about later if people aren't familiar with that concept. But I'm, I'm sort of uh, set off to the side. But we are all of us interconnected through this sort of energetic network that they manifest and create. And the music is a part of that. The music is, um, is, has an has a energy signature that is predictable. And they use that energetic signature, I think, in some way to help with the, with the uh, overall pattern of what's happening in the room. It's like something, it's a part of the ingredient, right, in this recipe. Um, and that's what the music has become. I'm quite like, at this point, I, I, could, I don't really hear all the music because sometimes I'm not conscious for it. But I mean, the music, it's, it's been the same music for a while. What, what, <laughs> what music be, do you be... play? What is the music? Well, the, this, this particular kind of music is what they wanted. It's, um, it, it tends to be... Um, bluesy rhythm and blues um uh, uh it's not hard rock but it's music like um zz top uh <laughs> like um no i'm not kidding yeah uh, I love it. yeah um stevie Ray, stevie Rayvon, um and there's just other elements of that music and it, it's not so much for the artists but it's for the energy signature in some mysterious way they utilize and uh and it's it works for them and I'm, you know, I think I'm, there's a couple, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I'd love uh, to, to get a change in the music. But by now, it's, since it's I'm part sure. of the process, we're stuck with it, you know. So. <laughs> I'm sure you would get tired after all that time. Oh, no, it, that's the thing. I mean, it's funny. That's like that's like a hidden joke amongst circles. Like, 
you know, there are people that it's picking the music and keeping the music and wanting to change the music. But what I think is not understood is that the music becomes part of the recipe of the success of the circle. And um, if you note, if you note like other uh, physical mediums that are doing um, public demonstrations like Scott Milligan and um, David Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Right. um, They, they will play a, they will play a track of music the same track of music every single time. And I always wondered why that was the case. Um, Well, apparently that's part of, just like our circle, it's part of the process, either the trancing process, but I think it's part of a a much more complex sort of recipe, energetic recipe for making the circle work. So I would suggest to people that are in circles to keep their music, um, find music that they like, that works with them, that they know the team might like, I, I suppose, if they can figure that out. And then, and then don't change it because it's part yeah. of that makeup. Yeah, they get, they get to the, so that they're resonating with it and then they need to keep that vibe. Yep. So one of the things that makes it harder for people to believe that this is stuff is really going on, although, of course, you believe it because you're witness, witnessing it. But why does it have to be in the dark? It's funny. Just recently, just last Sunday, we were told that we can now work in red light. Um, we've moved into red light, but uh, we oh. chose the dark. Yeah, we chose the dark uh, originally because that's the traditional. That's the traditional kind of, of way, and, and and we we started out in the dark um, because Craig suggested we go in a very traditional route years and years ago. So we sort of stuck with it, but it doesn't have to be in the dark. Um, it's really whatever the team had decides for uh, for the for the circle. Uh, in our case, they they were fine with the dark up until just last Sunday, and now they want us to work in red light, um, and that's really exciting. But I think uh, the tradition goes that in in the dark um, there is there the particles of light aren't there that are sort of interpenetrating the kind of energy they're trying to manifest between people. All of that okay. that they're trying to work is so very delicate that particles of light. Uh, will disrupt it, especially particles of white light. But here's the thing, you know, there's a lot of energy physical mediums out there. Um, and they are well, not a lot, but there are a number that I that I that I know of that work in um, in white light. I think of uh, David Hume, um, D.D. Hume, anyway, in the 19th century, he used a form of energy mediumship, not ectoplasm, but energy. And he uh, was known to levitate uh, apport objects um, and and then demonstrate and never was proven to be a fraud, demonstrate openly in the white light in people's houses, in apartments, on the street, in auditoriums. And that was never in the dark. So it looks like certain kinds of work needs to be done in the dark for experimental purposes. I guess perhaps it's just as a standard. You don't want all this other energy coming and disrupted. Uh, and other kinds of mediumship can be done completely anywhere with under almost any conditions, whether it's cold or hot or whether there's a lot of sun or no sun or light or whatever. All right. So you you are <clears throat> Craig has kept me abreast of what you were doing. And he knew early on that you were developing to be a good physical medium. Now, we'll talk about deep trance mediums in a moment because he says there are a couple of those in your circle now, too. But explain what physical mediumship really is. Well, physical mediumship, just uh, plainly plainly described would be where the human being is being used as some kind of conduit through which physical phenomena can take place. And that is, it it can occur many different ways. 
Um, and the two that we see most often now um, would be ectoplasmic, where it's sort of the traditional um, using the uh, material from the human body to intermix with spirit energy, whatever that might be, that enlivens that, that material that comes from the body to create uh, sort of this uh, material uh, by which or through which the physical phenomena can, can occur. Like, so, for example, um, people familiar with Ghostbusters and the sort of the slime, you know, that kind of yeah. idea. Well, imagine sort of a, sort of a mucus, uh, a mucus like material that comes out of the body through the body's orifices and intermingles with spirit energy and then is able to cover the energy bodies of uh, spirit beings. <laughs> this must sound really far out to people that yes. are just new to this. But like, but that's what it is. And so they cover these energy bodies and then they're able to move around. These, these energy bodies are able to be seen now because they're covered with this material, which they manipulate telepathically and through other various means. I, who knows how exactly they do it and described as like almost, you know, I, they must use some kind of, um, you know, mental powers to, to get that done, but they do it and they're able to manifest bodies, physical bodies in the seance room or wherever it is that people are doing it. And those bodies can move around. They can form organs. They can form skin. They can be as as alive as you and me. I mean, there are reports of people having pulses, of breathing, of you know. And then, um, and then that that material then recedes back into the body. Um, once the spirit being is done with being covered with it, it returns to the medium. Um, the medium is known to lose weight. There's a weight loss program for you. You just become a physical. Yes. <laughs> The trick is, yeah. The trick is you only lose like an hour. You know, only lose like thirty pounds for an hour of your life. Oh wow! <laughs> and the other form, the other form would be energy that we know of. And energy mediumship is uh, is not nearly as intense. It can be developed much sooner, apparently. But the trick is with the energy mediums, just like us, the ectoplasmic mediums too. Um, there aren't a lot of people that that are able to be those kinds of conduits. Although I suspect that one could be developed into an energy medium um, through uh, over time. I think there might be uh, something about, because we have a Wednesday circle as well, and we found that people that are involved in this Wednesday circle often have physical phenomena that takes place. It's not ectoplasmic, it's energetic. And so, you know, it seems like an energetic mediumship, um, I think is a lot more common than people would uh, believe. I think when you think in terms of haunted houses or uh, poltergeist phenomena to some extent uh, or whatever, you know, ghostly phenomena, so-called that happens around people's homes. A lot of that is, that's all energetic, right? right so right. En energetic mediumship is, I think is far more accessible than ectoplasmic because ectoplasmic mediumship takes years and years and years and years to develop. As I recall, this is a, a substance that's produced in abdom abdominal organs, like in your pancreas, that area of your body, right? And it comes out of orifices in the body, and it then can be used by non-physical beings to cloak themselves and make themselves visible. Yes, it, it, it's not like it's, it's uh, we're moving towards, um, hopefully we're going to see a lot more evidence of that. Uh, we've seen it in terms of illuminated pools on the floor. Um, we, you know, I've certainly experienced things in the cabinet, um, you know, physical, physical manifestations. Um, uh, and, uh, but it's not to the point where it's, it's, you know, manifesting, you know, bodies that are moving around the room or anything like that. 
But how does it but feel when you're, when you're produce? I mean, can you feel that your body's producing this stuff? So not, not, no, not necessarily. Um, so there are times where they've demonstrated to me where um, you can, you can feel it. So it's not necessarily always coming out of the orifices. It's as if it can come out of your skin or be in the, be in the space with you. Wow. Um, so it's, I don't think it necessarily needs orifices, although I felt it um, uh, choked on it. Actually. Um, I felt like, that was, you know, that was really uncomfortable. They experiment with how they, they extrude it, right? Mm. Um, and sometimes I'm conscious and sometimes I'm not. Uh, but, um, and I don't know, I haven't compared notes with other people. So I don't know how it is for them. Um, but I think, you know, many of the physical mediums that are, that are doing public seances, I think they're, they're out. They are completely taken uh, into an, a, you know, a deep trance state. So there are times where I am, also in a deep trance state. And there are other times where I'm not at all. And I can feel things happening around me. I can feel um, the, the movement on my skin. I can feel things in my nose. I can feel it, you know, um, you know, look like it's matter. There's matter that, that, that is touching me. Wow. So I, you know, so it is, it is not like, Oh, I feel tingly on my face, but it feels like it's not, it, it feels like matter, like substance. Uh, and, you know, so they can they can um, move it out of your skin. I believe it's not always coming out of orifices. Um, and there's been just odd occurrences. I think once uh, I had something uh, come right up my shirt. I think I, if it came out of my belly button, which sounds weird because that's a closed area. I don't think that's possible, but I don't know. But it came right up, right up through my shirt, like like. And I was terrified. I was awake for that. I thought it was a bug. I thought oh. there was something that like was 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 moving up through but it but then it then it sort of it went away i i you know it's very strange you know it <laughs> yes. sounds really strange but we're but we are we are at the infancy really of the kind of ectoplasmic um uh manifestations but hopefully we're, we're going, they're going to continue to develop and and move it out of the cabinet um more so and uh and be able to do things outside of the cabinet and really kind of um uh, really kind of explore what they can do with it. They pull, they could also be pulling um, ectoplasm from the sitters as well, you know, from everybody in the circle. Really? So okay. yeah, it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't just be me. It's more like they've described it to me in terms of building power, um, building the power build. And it takes years to build this power, this reservoir of power. And, and that's a really strange idea. And I've tried to wrap my head around that. Where is that power? Where is that go? Like, what, what does that mean, really? And I, and I don't quite understand it, but it's over time, they, they build this reservoir of, of power to do what they're going to do. And, and they physically change me. They, they physically change me to, to be able to, I guess, um, work with that, work with that power, work with that energy. Um, and, and that's really the crux of it, really. So they, that's why it takes so many years. They change our bodies, as Craig says it on a molecular level. They change our bodies, um, and they change my body to help facilitate this phenomena, which I think for some people, it doesn't take long at all. Other people, it takes a long time, depending on what their, their goal is, you know. And, um, and, and hopefully their goal is is going to involve some really fun ectoplasmic stuff, you know, outside the cabinet. I hope so. Um, you know, so that's, 
but you know, we'll learn more about what they want to do as, as, um, as time goes on. I've wondered about Rob is why is it that you sit in a, in a little room in a cabinet? It's not really, it's just like a little closet, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's not necessary, but it's traditional. Um, and it was traditional, maybe not even for the right reasons. Um, I know early physical mediums, they'd sit in just the chair or wherever everybody else was sitting around the, around the table. Right. And that would be fine. But I got a comfy uh, chair and it allows me to, um, to, to lay my neck back and I can, you know, go, go into an altered state and in a comfortable way, which I highly recommend people if you are finding yourself moving into altered states, um, do sit in a comfy chair. You don't want to be getting whiplash by your neck moving back and forth. You know, you get a comfy chair. Um, oh yeah. Well, you, you know, you don't need the closet. You don't need the closet or you don't need the cabinet, but um, it's, it's, it, again, it's for me. Um, I like being uh, tucked away and it allows them to really build the energy within the cabinet. I, I, there is an energetic difference between being at the table and being in that cabinet. Uh, there really is. They, I don't know how they're able to do it. I suppose through uh, some sort of energy structure that they build, but, and that's probably what it is, but they're able to seclude that energy and really concentrate it in the cabinet. And that's, that's the benefit. And I suppose you could sit to get the same reaction if you just sat without the cabinet in the, you know, away from the table a bit, I'm sure it would be the same. Maybe I don't know, but uh, my experience has taught me that uh, psychologically, it's also really a good space because you're not concerned with the people around you, except that, you know, they're there and you're connected, but you're not right next to somebody. Um, no one's going to touch you or accidentally grab you. Um, the sound is a little bit more muffled. So that's better. That's a little, a little easier uh, to deal with. There aren't as many distractions. Um, I think overall, the cabinet is a really great spot to work if you feel like you're being moved in that direction. Um, the cabinet's a really great uh, thing to utilize. It's a tool that the team will use. In fact, that's also a truth. They'll use whatever whatever you get them, give them. They'll use whatever. They'll find best uses for the talents of the people in the room and the space that you have. They will conform to that um, and and then try to make improvements where they can. But yeah, so the cabinet's fun. I, I, I always look forward to it. <laughs> well, it's, you know, everybody needs a hobby. But I, I think <laughs> I, they, they have found that, in fact, um, it, it was a good, a good thing for physical mediums. Because, as you say, I mean, it's a private place. If you're going to go into a trance and you'll be helpless, it's nice to be protected that way. It also does concentrate the energy. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, so, so who are these people you're working with? You say that, um, do you know how many there are? Do you know, uh, you say some are other planets? Do you know some of their names? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've been introduced to them over the years. There's been, there's been, um, many people that have come to the circle to, to communicate to us. Our, our, um, our, one of our sitters, uh, Vicky has, so this is the means by which they've communicated to us in the past, um, uh, we found that her, she's, first of all, Vicky is a, a very, very uh, gifted mental medium, a clairvoyant. And so they utilize, as I just mentioned, they utilize the gifts of the people in the room. So they right. utilized Vicky, they utilized her to give um, very specific messages. And they would then, um, the physical phenomena would validate what she says. So if she would say, um, uh, there is a person uh, named, you know, Steve, and he is from the circle and he is giving us 
oh, he's waving to us and telling, uh, telling us we're doing a great job or something along those lines, right? And uh, not a profound message, but something simple. And then we would have rapping or knocking our movement on the table or somewhere in the room to indicate that that was um, a validated, uh, that was something that was like a valid thing from the team. So they always give us physical phenomena that um, validates whatever messages we get from the team. And by the way, the messages we get from the team are very far and few in between. We don't, we are not blanketed with, you know, philosophical conversation and, you know, platitudes and, and all of these. No, they, they actually just gives, give us words of encouragement. They tell us um, our, about our progress. They give us direction and where we need to go. And occasionally in the past, we've had, um, you know, a little bit more of a prolonged conversation with certain individuals. But almost always, they're very loving, which, by the way, um, that's a big part of our circle is the love that we have. And it sounds cheesy, but it's true. The love that we have for each other in the circle and the love we have for the team and the love that they constantly tell us they have for us. Again, for jaded people that think, oh, you know, these invisible people are loving you from afar. That sounds, well, I don't, I don't know how it sounds, but I can tell you how it feels. Um, these people truly deeply care about the state of the world. They care about individuals that will decide to devote a little time to, to uh, connect with them and, and potentially grow spiritually for whatever possible uh, good purpose might come out of it. And these, these team members, um, there are, again, like I said, they were human. Um, they, there are alien beings that, that exist that are, that are working with them. Um, there are, we've, seen, um, we've seen some of these aliens in forms of light. In fact, uh, one group of aliens, there were three of them, they were observers. They came into the circle as blue beams of light. And we all saw them. Oh we saw these blue columns of light that were in the room that were illuminated. Um, it wasn't like, you know, Star Trek where, you know, the, the light was super bright. It was, it was differentiated from the darkness in the room, but it was very clear that it was blue light and they were, they were there and, and they were observing us and giving us a, a sort of a heads up and saying, hello, we're, we're interested in what's going on here. Oh my God. We've also, yeah, we, it, it's, it gets pretty, it gets pretty far out because. Yeah. Have you um, ever been afraid, Rob? Have you ever thought, Oh, dude, this is scary. Well, I've been afraid for other reasons, um, and that's a different story. But there are, um, just as we have people, and we don't want to focus on it, but just as we have, have beings on the other side that are wanting to see the betterment of mankind or humankind um, and see us grow and move away from fear and have us realize that this is just one step in great reality, um, there are other beings that like to lock us into fear and want to feed off our energy. Yes. Um, and, and those beings do exist. And those are the beings that, um, that are, can be very, very problematic if we aren't protected, you know, from those beings. And so we're protected from those beings, but you have to be vigilant and you have to be aware of your thoughts and emotions and your intents yeah. and, you know, your intentions. Um, and, but so there is that there, but they don't make their way into the circle and they don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Uh, but there is, you know, just as there's light, there is also darkness. In fact, there wouldn't be, Right. I mean, why would we call it light if there wasn't darkness? Right. right. There was darkness somewhere. So there is that. That's just the state of things in this sort of this duality we live in. Right. This light and dark, you know, kind of, kind yeah. of uh, you know, I, world. I'm sure that they would 
want to attack you because you're doing something so potentially helpful to the elevation of the world that um, I'm glad you're well protected, but I'm sure you are. I'm sure the beings that are caring for you are making sure you're going to be safe. I hope so. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's been, there's been a lot of, there's been incidents, you know, not in the circle, but, but outside of the circle, that is, they can be terrifying. You know, when you're moving into the unknown, um, it, you know, one has to be aware that there's possibilities of things that can happen. And I know this though, I know this, that much of the damage that those kinds of things can do are really emotional and psychological. Yes, it's a, yes. they can't do anything um, material to us at all. They're very weak, yeah. actually. All of them are. All the negative yeah. entities are. Yep. Yeah, they really need our energy and our fear to feed their power, yes. and uh, and that's the that's the that's that's their nature, and and uh, they're threatened by they're threatened by a change in their system. You know. Yep. Oh my goodness, what you are doing is so amazing, Rob. It really is. Do they give you any sense of where this is going? Well, luckily, you know, it's, it's, this circle is a really wonderful circle. We have people in this circle. We have two new members, in fact, of the circle. And we have Craig, of course, who's a circle leader. And then we have um, Sally and Vicky, who have been there for um, a number of years now. They are all very talented, beautiful people. And uh, we are so blessed um, so, you know, the, we've been talking about my development, but here's the thing, like, it's not just, it's not just my development, it's everybody in the circle and the team, what the teams do, and this is true, we've learned through the Wednesday circle as well, the uh, virtual circle that Craig and I have, um, they will work with anybody, the team will work with anybody. Um, if your devotion is there and you show yourself to be um, doing it for the right reasons, of course, but they work with people to develop them to their best ability. Um, they will work with us to develop um, abilities that we don't even realize that we have. Uh, and, and that's what they've done with members of the circle, both in the past and the present. They continue to work with uh, members of the circle to their best ability. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful to see the growth uh, so again, it's not, it's not just my development. It's, it's all concurrent. It's all happening at the same time. So Alex is, it's another member of the circle, Alex's development and Lee's development is all happening at the same time as, as Sally and Vicky. And of course, Craig always says, you know, they never, they never work with me. I'm just the circle leader, but that's not true because Craig is, is, um, uh, you know, he's written several books in the time we've had the circle. He, the team has been intimately involved with, his thought process and helping him, you know, develop, you know, yeah. So they work with all of us uh, to our best ability and um, for the best possible reasons. And, and anybody involved in circles, uh, development circles, I, I really believe, at least in my experience, the teams that will form around that devotion uh, will work with those people and over time and, um, and really help them develop into the kind of medium or sensitive or, energy battery or whatever it is that they are meant to like help contribute to the overall health and welfare and, and uh, growth of the circle. They'll do it. The teams are um, remarkable people on the other side and, and they're willing to put the time in as long as we're willing to put the time in. Have they told you why it takes so long to begin to get real phenomena, even though you're, you're all wonderful, sincere, talented people who have potential? Have they told you why? Eight years or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think um, it has something to do with 
of forming the desire or helping to ferment the desire of people on the other side to work with you. Um, there has to be sort of like, I think it's very bureaucratic, honestly. I, I really kind of think it's bureaucratic. Yeah, no, I'm not, it sounds funny, right? Yeah. But I, you know, so imagine, so Roberta, you and I have a desire to sit in a circle, uh-huh. okay? And we create a circle and we decide to sit. Now your team and my team, people are guides, maybe not even a team yet, but just assume, I know you have a team, but, but just, just let's assume you didn't, right? Like we are just fresh and we don't know what's going on. So our guides are working together. They talk amongst ourselves. They note our devotion. You and I meet every weekend and we sit and we sing and we have fun. And, and, and we do that. We do that in the hopes that the, the team or, or that, 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 you know, something will happen. Right. Soon, soon we develop around us a group of people that are willing to work with us. They're like, okay, on the other side, they're like, okay, hey, hey, you know, Roberta seems to have a talent for this. And Roberta you know, I, I really can work with the energy here. What about Rob? What can we do with Rob? And then they start sort of working with us and they develop kind of a, a plan. They, they then create sort of a structure around us. And, and all of that is happening is we're sitting every week. And eventually they make contact with us. Uh, they have to see that the devotion is there. But then they also, I think, have to allocate the resources. They have to allocate the resources. So in my mind, it's like somewhat bureaucratic, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I think that's, that's it. You know, and of course you have to wait for the energy to build. The, the whole idea of building the power over time is a thing. So whatever that might mean, um, that, that's definitely uh, a factor that's involved. Also the conditions of where you're sitting and the energetic conditions of where you are at, like geographically, I think might matter too. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that might be involved that we're not aware of, um, but first and foremost is sincerity and devotion. I think those are the two big things. Fascinating, because I know it always takes this amount of time before um, uh, the most devoted circle really starts producing results it doesn't seem to there don't seem to be shortcuts so your explanation it's a sort of like a bespoke suit it has to be sort of custom tailored to the people there and and there's nobody on the other side gets ordered to do anything so the people these people have to be attracted to and want to help you and of course it would become a love relationship that that's what else could it be when they are spending so much time with you I, I, you know, I never understood a lot of this. You're helping me understand what's what's really going on, too, which is. But I have a question for you. Is Craig developing any of these talents? Because he won't tell me. Uh, he is so secretive, isn't that guy? Isn't so he he's funny? so he is. I know he's so open. Yet he's, <laughs> no, he's, right. no. You know, he's so open, but he 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 always says, well, you know, I'm, I'm really not. Feeling, but that's not. So they've given him uh, messages. They've they've communicated with him in the circle before um, they he is not uh, going into trance uh, or anything like that. But um, I think his his goal was to be a PR guy in a sense for the team and for really those 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 thinkers on the other side that are trying to convey a truth and a message to people on this side and his gifts of course writing and speaking and teaching and and having the patience to talk to people about oh, it yes. um you know two, two of his recent books like for example the answers to life's enduring questions yes. <laughs> yeah. you know from science discoveries and afterlife revelations 
I mean, he's compiled. That's the that's the most recent one. He having he gave us a copy of, of one that's even more recent called uh, "Evidence Beyond a Reasonable Doubt." Yeah. We will never die. Yeah, 15, yeah. 15 kinds of afterlife evidence. He was just on a few days yes. ago talking about. Oh, that. okay, great, great. Yeah, I got to listen to that then. No, so yeah, so their audience is 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 um uh you know they understand and, and know his work. So of course they do. Uh, it, but he that's his gift, you know. But they give him insight. It's interesting in the past about I want to say uh, three years ago, about three years, about two years ago, two and a half years ago. We had a time where we were able to a- ask questions of the team and the team would knock and wrap the table and move the table in response to in like yes or no questions. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And so we would and everybody was asking them yes or no questions and the team was responding. And these questions became, you know, some of them were of a historical nature. Some were of a spiritual nature. Some, you know, were just whatever kinds of questions that people are coming up with to ask and uh and he was able to get information from the team that way. So I think, you know, that Craig is, um, uh, he's, he likes, he's, he's analytical about it. You know, right. he's very analytical and, and, and he wants to, he, he's working in terms of information. And, um, and although his energy is absolutely uh, important to the function of the circle, he is the circle leader. Yeah. Um, his energy as part of the whole energy network of the circle is extremely necessary, just as everybody's is. So Somebody's gone for some reason, uh, not in the circle. The circle doesn't function the same right. necessarily. Right. What if everybody's there, you know? So yeah, Craig, um, he, you know, he's a talented, uh, he's a talented psychic and I, you know, and he, they give him mediumistic messages. So I, I really think that if he wanted to, he could very easily develop, um, into something, uh, or, or, you know, develop into something that, um, he might not even be aware of himself. I very much enjoy knowing him. I think he's the most spiritually advanced person I have ever met who's in a body. And um, it's just, this is the kind of thing he would do. He would want to push the rest of you forward and, and make you shine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's got, he's been so phenomenally um, pro- pro- uh, prolific this year. He wrote like oh, six no, books. Right. And any one of those books I could not have written in a month. I mean, well, a month, a year, in two years. I could not have done it. He does, he has footnotes. Can you believe footnotes? Yes. And, I, I, t- I was just, and, yeah, I was telling him, his, 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 uh, his books are such a resource. They're such a resource. I mean, they're going to be looking at these books for, for a long, long time. I think time. so, too. I think they're just wonderful. And I think he is. And I think you are. I think it's important to tell everyone that, frankly, Rob, what you're doing is so spectacular it's a gift to the world because it's you're 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 using your body and your mind and you're turning them over to the use of people not in bodies so that they can use you who you are your body your mind to help to prove to the world that life is eternal i mean very few people have that kind of courage and that kind of dedication and devotion. And you have been with him right from the beginning. And you now are doing two circles with him a week. I just, I give you so much credit and I'm so grateful to you that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. Well, that's a, that's very, very, very kind of you to say. I, it's funny. I don't, I don't, um, I, I see it in, as, as being a lot of fun. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's a lot of fun, you know? Don't do anything unless uh, it's fun. It, I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, I, and I want to be of service, right? Yeah. So I began, you know, we began this with that, with that in mind, you know, we want to be of service if we can. And I just hope that I can be, I just hope that, 
that uh, it'll evolve and, 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 and be of greater service so that it can, uh, you know, be a standard. You know, I, I, that's one of the things that we, that the experimental circle, this circle, Master of Light Circle has shown. There's a lot of things that have occurred that um, hopefully will document more thoroughly and demonstrate how circles work or how, how they can work. It's very mysterious for people to think, oh, like, what happens in the circle? There's a lot of nuances and a lot of interesting dynamics that take place um, and that, that can be easily sort of forgotten. And, um, and there's every, every sitting is different. Every, every sitting, although similar things might happen, every sitting we have is an experiment. And they're always doing something that's a little different than they did before. And sometimes very, very different. Um, it is not, uh, it, it's, 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 it's not necessarily predictable, although there's elements of it that are very predi predictable. Um, and there's, it's always, it's growing. It's always growing and moving. And the team is um, uh, very creative. So I hope that they can use us and continue to use us uh, for whatever it is that they need. Um, because I think people do need to be aware that life continues and that we need not fear death. Um, that this is, <laughs> yeah. Our guest is Rob Blackburn. Um, and he is a developing physical medium, one of very few in the world, and his dedication is unbelievable. Um, Rob, tell me, what do you want people to take away from today? Well, I think that they should understand that they, too, can sit. They can start a circle with some loving friends, uh, family members, people that, that are, are of like mind. And if you're devoted and open um, and for the right reasons, the, you know, you, you will be developed in some manner. You know, it might not be for physical mediumship. It might be for something you have no idea. Um, and we have terms and names for things that we've get, given them, you know, you know these, these um, uh, very definitive boundaries. And, and I think that's a little unfair for the spirit world and for the teams. They are doing things that have crossed boundaries. I mean, we use mental mediumship, trance mediumship, physical yes. mediumship, all in the same circle at the same time. And um, so being open, just being open to uh, the love and light of the people that are working for the betterment of humankind. Just imagine that for a second. That there are people out there that are beings out there that are willing to work with us. If we put our heart and time and effort into it, they will meet us where we are and they will teach us and show us and they will ultimately love us. Um, and, and that might sound far out, but, but it's very attainable and a very real thing. No, it's beautiful. Um, if you're interested in talking about any of this, um, the best place to go is afterlifeinstitute.org and contact Craig that way, because um, he's really the one who is the mastermind of all of this. And I give him a lot of credit, too. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, um, I'm so sorry we've come to the end of our time that we have, but I'm going to have you back uh, to, to talk with us, Rob, a lot sooner than, than this time, because I think what you're doing is wonderful. And, I, and people need to know and deserve to know a lot more about what is possible, because over the next 20, 30 years, I think this is going to be common knowledge. Everyone's going to know about it and be wanting to do it. So uh, you give us a preview of coming attractions in that way. I'm, I'm very <laughs> grateful to you. Thank Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Roberta. I'm always honored to be here. Thank you very much. Again, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm so glad you were with us today. Isn't this amazing? Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you get that, when you really know it's true, it changes everything in your life for the better.
Next week, we'll be talking with Tricia Robertson, and she'll be with us also for the third time. She's a lecturer in psychical research at the University of Glasgow in Scotland, and She's had like 30 years of experience in investigating many avenues of what really should know, you know, let's not call it paranormal anymore. It's just normal, except science refuses to look at it. She's written three books that are very entertaining called Things You Can Do When You're Dead, More Things You Can Do When You're Dead. And it's a it's life and death, but not as we know it. Um, we talked about that latest book um, a couple, I guess, a year and a half, two years ago. And we've talked about her, her third book as well. Um, I mean, her first book as well. So we're going to talk about the second book next week, which is more things you can do when you're dead. Trisha is is really a funny person. I mean, you know, like I named my book on the topic, um, The Fun of Dying. Well, she has that same attitude toward death. Death is a lot of fun and it's quite interesting and amusing and things you can do when you're dead is kind of in the spirit of, of the way I look at it too. So please be with us next week. You're going to find Trisha to be a lot of fun. And this week we've been talking with Rob Blackburn. He's a, a wonderful friend of my wonderful friend. So uh, he and I are good friends sort of by association at this point. And he's going to be our guest a lot more often now. I think this is the kind of thing people really need to know about. Um, but what they have been doing over the past almost 15 years, he and Craig, is developing a circle to develop the kinds of mediums, which used to be not that uncommon 100 plus years ago, but are very uncommon now because of TV and electric lights and all the distractions people have. But there are dedicated people, and maybe you're one of them, who want to be part of bringing the truth to the world and developing as a physical or a trans medium is one wonderful way to do it. So um, I can't say, frankly, <laughs> I can't wait to see where, where Rob, where, where Craig are going to go next with this. So we'll be talking with them again. Um, certainly within a year, we'll, we'll have Rob back again. As you know, I have various nonfiction books. You can find them all on my website. And uh, if you want to talk about anything with me at all, you can always just go to the green contact block on robertagrimes.com and send me an email. I answer all my emails. It can take a week but at this point, but I do answer them all. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. Everything.